1: Well, hello, listeners. Thank you so much for joining us today, which is August twenty 2016. We're going to be talking today about the human stress response and, more importantly, the root causes of stress. And we're also going to learn how to manage that effectively, along with the five major causes of stress in our modern society. Our guest is Dr. Mary Wingo and she was born in the United States where she earned her PhD in human stress research. And this was from the University of of North Texas. Then in 2014, she decided to go to Ecuador in South America and there she lived in a new and a really different society from ours, but it opened her eyes to the, I'm sorry, um, to social, economic, and political costs that could be prevented through stress management. And really her aim is clearly to teach the public about the biological mechanisms behind stress response. So let's bring her onto our show now because we're going to be also talking about her latest book, which is called The Impact of the Human Stress Response, and it really is her life's work. Hello there, Mary. Thanks for taking out time of your very, very busy schedule to be with us today.
2: Uh, thank you for the awesome introduction, Denise. It, it is a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me.
1: Oh, you're, you're welcome. I'd like to ask my guest at the beginning of our show, how did you get on the path to the human stress response research? What was it? What was the catalyst that got you going on it?
2: Well, you know, I, like, I, I've been in this a really, really long time. And, um, you know, when I was a young undergraduate and graduate student, th- this was sort of, um, you know, in biopsychology or psychophysiology. There's several names for, for um, you know, the, uh, the the discipline that crosses uh, from uh, physiology into psychology. And it was sort of new and upcoming. and. And what was uh, what was really being emphasized um, was uh, was stress research, and you know it didn't take me long to realize that um, like a lot of my professors really, I mean they they knew the textbook stuff, but they didn't know mm-hmm. the physiology, um, you know, to the extent what, what I felt would be sufficient to to master um, the topic. Then then I realized that. There's a reason why. This is an extremely complex topic for which, you know, you have, um, you know, molecular biologists, physiologists, psychologists, sociologists, political scientists, and economists uh, that all have sort of an angle for which they study the uh, human stress response. And when we're talking about the stress response, um, it's how we adapt. These are adaptive mechanisms. It's... um, It's uh, how we, like, for the definition of stress is this, it's the rate of adjustment we undergo in order to adapt to whatever environment we happen to find ourselves in at that time. So um, you have two parts. You've got um, the environment, and then you've actually got, we'll we'll talk about humans. We could say organism, but we'll talk about (laughs) humans. And and so we have um, human, the human aspect as well. So um, So that, you know, and, and... And nobody else um, was putting together. I mean, I kept waiting for somebody else to do it. I've been out of science um, for 10 years. I've been a small business person um, ever since. And um, I I kept waiting for somebody else to do this. I mean, there's so many brilliant thought leaders um, that span all different uh, types of uh, all different uh, levels of, uh, you know, of uh, academic and uh, scientific fields. I mean, and I kept waiting who is going to do the meta-analysis, really tie things together um, and do the meta-analysis so that um, we can approach stress practically from a public health issue. People, you know, general public, and as well as their healthcare providers, can actually understand the the, the risk assessment. They can make an accurate risk assessment. And, and before then, I mean, the 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 topic of stress is so complex um, and so confounding. I mean, there's it, it's probably the most complex topic in science. Period. That nobody else had done this, and um, since uh, our um, Cultures um, in the modern society are are sort of um, in trouble right now. I felt like I need to get out this book in in order to address uh, the humanitarian crisis which is unfolding. Why don't you explain to us what you mean by um, doing a meta-analysis? Oh, I apologize. I'm sorry. Keep, just d- don't let me geek out let, Make sure I speak the English language, okay? So just stop me anytime. time. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I we'll, we'll do using, fine. We'll do know, fine. Uh, uppity, <laughs> uh, uppity words. Uppity uh, jargon. Okay. Um, so, so okay, there's been nobody who has been able to okay, – okay, for instance, um, you've got many, many amazing researchers. That have studied, like, say, stress on the molecular level, like on the uh, on the protein and a uh, genetic um, uh, expression uh, level, for instance, and the controls of you know cellular processes. Well, they don't know how to talk to the folks that look at study stress on a gross, you know, whole animal phys- physiology physiological um, basis. And then those people absolutely do not talk to, like, say, the folks in psychology that study mental illness and drama, abnormal psychology, trauma, uh, PTSD. And then, of course, you know, if you're looking at this from an anthropological, sociological level, well, they don't, no one talks to them. And then when you look at the economic cost of this, um, and it's actually devastating, um, you can see that this is a very disparate. Topic: um, A very scattered, unorganized, and and nobody um, else has actually been able to to put together this analysis that covers all. Pull it together. Pull 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 it all together. Correct. Correct. In other
1: words, you you took many years researching all the different let's call it angles that have been studied relative to stress, and you broke it down and what were ultimately what were what were your findings
2: well um okay number one okay if if we want to look at the scientific aspect of it um it's a process of many years but um i put together what's called the boundary hypothesis and and basically if okay just for a minute we uh, we look at the scientific aspect under the stress response what happens is our tissue, the tissue that happens to be under stress, okay, does a a phase shift and it becomes temporarily more jelly or plastic-like so that it can reconfigure itself, okay, uh, in order to adapt to whatever the environment is, the, the new demand that the environment is placing. And with that comes, um, you know, in essence, uh, the organism's boundary becomes more porous to the environment, becomes more open to influences, and the exchange of energy and matter can can cross, um, you know, into the organism's boundary. Okay. Well, well, this has kind of got um, deep implications because what it does, it pulls together a lot of messy topics in science. Especially physiology and pathology, and and kind of makes them under a lot more simple to understand. It clarifies a lot of ambiguities. But then, if we're looking at, um, you know how like humans like on a practical, um, you know public health, uh, you know level, um. You know, it's, it's studying, you know, what stress actually is, what stress um, is in modern society because the stresses that we have in the United States and in Europe are not the same as the stressors that, um, that you know, the, the typical Joe Average down here in Ecuador or South America has. So it was, um, you know, I wanted to make that clear. And, and then I wanted to, you know, and how go over,
1: it, just do... And, and how, and and how uh, just let me interrupt you for a second. And so how so, yes, do those differ? How does it um, differ, like, I'm so- in other words, okay. um, from the United States, oh, okay. people in the United States versus people in, in South America?
2: Okay, well, I'll give you an example. Um, there are many Great. socialist hospitals and clinics here, you know, so, I mean, they're low cost or free. Okay, so that's, I'm wanting mm-hmm. to make that really clear. So it, it really exemplifies the point. Well, you know, of course, um, you know, you walk in to get maybe your teeth cleaned or, you know, something like that. And more times than not, these clinics are empty or near empty. And like the doctor or dentist or whomever is just waiting for you. I mean, they're just like, have nothing to do. You know, they're just sort of, you know, playing on Facebook all day. And I'm realizing over and over, you know, I've lived here two and a half years that um, people just aren't as sick. Okay. Because if a free or near free clinic you know, does not have lines out the door. I mean, and this is consistent over and over and over. And it's like, say the emergency department of the local social mm-hmm. hospital that costs nothing has, you know, you're, you're, you might wait 45 minutes, you know, where it, it's, you realize that people just aren't as sick down here. And after doing a lot of analysis, and this is because they're not a stress. Interesting. How did you yes.
1: come to that conclusion? that they're not as stressed
2: well well because what kind um,
1: of research did you do
2: well i've integrated quite um deeply into ecuadorian society i'm not really part of like the um the expat um communities that that they have down here you know i speak spanish and um i live in ecuadorian neighborhood and you know I, you know go to ecuadorian events and eat at ecuadorian restaurants and have ecuadorian neighbors and all that and um one thing I noticed, um, because um, and this is true with a lot of uh, a lot of South American countries, um, they've been through a tremendous amount of instability in their history. They've been through 75 presidents, uh, 20 constitutions, and 10 banking holidays. Uh, you know, so currency forms, and so they've mm-hmm. been through a lot of stress. And so, what they've done is, I mean, they realize that. Artificial structures, such as government and, and money forms are very fragile. And, and so what they've done is they develop parallel systems that are more based on social capital than on the formal capital. I mean, both exist, but you have the one that is very robust and that can outlast uh, any banking holiday. I mean, like for instance, you've got, um, for instance, a lot of farmers markets and that's all cash. And so, yeah, I mean, they, these, these markets have existed through all levels of turmoil and they've kept the people fed, for instance, and, and so you have a number of these uh, parallel systems, they work hard not to stress each other out, Um, you know, it's, it's a very, very, um, very polite uh, society, Um, you know, very uh, social, very polite, and, um, you know, there's rarely uh, just um, um, extraneous, uh, you know, conflicts, you know, for instance, like mm-hmm. we have in the mm-hmm. state. People just don't lose their temper as much. And it is, it's um, to keep stress, keep each other sort of calm. And, and that's just sort of the way the culture is. And it was very interesting. i It was really hard to take in at first until... Like I've lived here, you know, um, and experienced it over mm-hmm. and over and over. Very interesting. Hmm.
1: So it's slower paced. Um, what is the standard
2: of living? Well, I mean, and again, this is something that a lot of my um, compatriots um, up north have a real difficult time understanding. Um, and, and I can understand. I would have had a hard time understanding this too. But um, when it comes down to the nuts and bolts, the standard of living's higher um, because you do you have um, you do have public transportation, so you know you can be poor and still have excellent ability to get from point A to point B. You've got, like I said, these um, low cost or free clinics. So you don't have to worry about in hospital. So you don't have to worry about going bankrupt or anything like that. Um, um, you've got free university. It's only to the bachelor's degree. It gets real expensive with anything greater than that. Um, so parents don't have to worry about going bankrupt and, you know, trying to get their kids mm-hmm. a better future. Uh, I mean, it's stuff like that. You got subsidized energy because this is a petroleum state. So it's gas is, you know, real cheap. If But I don't have a car. But it does, it makes a lot of, you know, doing business as a small business cheaper, electricity subsidized, because it's all funded from the same source. And so people don't have to worry about, um, you know, keeping the lights on, you know, so a lot Mm -hmm. of these basic worries, uh, and and homelessness is almost nil. Um, That was real shocking, even in the big cities. Homelessness is almost zero. And so you just don't, you're not worried about being homeless. You're not worried about the, the, uh, lights being shut off. You, you know, it's the stuff mm-hmm. that we're just absolutely terrified of. I know I was, um, living in the U S they've taken that nervousness away. And plus you have these parallel systems of social support. And so, um, in my opinion, in my case, and this isn't everybody's experience, it's much higher. Um, When you talk about the
1: parallel systems, I'm kind of curious, outside of food, what else is there?
2: Well, okay, like, for instance, um, basically, and this is true in just about everywhere in South America. Well, well, yeah, I mean, a lot of countries, it's true. Um, All of the cities are walkable. Okay. I mean, so and every the way the structure of it is, if you can kind of imagine how New York or some of the older cities in the U.S. are, they're set up, you know, where you know you have, like for instance, the shop at the bottom and the apartment at the top, you know, and so you can be a shopkeeper and um, you know uh, have you know your business right there. Um, I mean, you you have like these. It's much easier to open a business. Um, I mean. In some ways, it's a little bit, you know, a little bit of a pain, but overall, it's very entrepreneurial. And so, yeah, you turn the garage into a store and, you know, you can generate some cash from that. Um, And you don't have, like, say, regulations, like homeowners association regulations. No, you can't do that. Um, and also, you know, there's catar- kind of, you know, you have people that have, you know, a, a small amount of livestock. And this is a fancy city. This is a, a city that's probably parallel to San Francisco. And occasionally, you're like, you know, what's the uh, city called? Crow. It's called Cuenca, Cuenca, Ecuador. It's an amazing, amazing town, amazing town. And 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 you then you know, then, it's, uh, it's 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 C U E N C A. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yes, yes, it's it's, and a lot of cities are like that. I'll have to a look. Lo- I mean, it's.
1: I'll have to I'll have yeah. to look it up on the map, and see where it is.
2: Oh, yeah, it's it's a great town. It's a great town. But well, that's and, and that's so um, so it's, it's, so very,
1: so, it's so very so culturally. Go ahead. So culturally, it's, it's um, it's diver it's it's diverse um, and. Um, as far as you know, the parallel systems and, and the, the social makeup, I guess where, what I'm curious about is if it's kind of like a cash society, um, and it'll be my last question because then I want to get in, <laughs> in, into um, you know, I want to get into the, the subject matter at hand. Um, right. But because it, you know, it's got this cash thing going on, how does the government support all these services? All these services such well, as, you know, the transportation and and the education and um, the, the free clinics. How is that all financially supported?
2: Well, you have to understand that um, when you're in a developing country, um, they've developed systems, especially in recent years where technology has become so cheap um, and they were able to build stuff kind of from the bottom about 15 years ago I mean they've really come online like in the last 15 years um it's 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 basically um it's really not that expensive I mean if you do things on a logical rational um it's not you know like you're not getting big payola or anything like that it's actually quite cheap like for instance the per capita cost um of healthcare uh per person is around seven hundred dollars you know, so it, these are very, these, yeah, these are very shoestring, but just focused on function type entities. Um, there's not a lot of fluff, mm-hmm. but it's a, a very, very just shoestring efficient um, process. And it is, it's a, it's nothing fancy, but it's it's very functional. Hmm.
1: So, so if you work for a company, um, do you have any? like ballpark figure of how much money is taken out of paychecks on taxation and well uh,
2: it's
1: okay.
2: Yeah. It's, it's not okay. Like around the first $10,000 is tax free and $10,000 probably translates in about $38,000 purchasing power in the U S so it's actually, you know, a somewhat, you know, before you even start paying taxes and then, it, it's actually quite low. Um, you know, it's actually. I think it starts up five percent and then goes up ten percent. And then I think there's the highest rate of thirty-four percent. But they do have a fourteen percent sales tax. Um, you know uh, that that it's you know uh, and it's you know for stuff other than food and energy and um, that kind of thing. Okay. But um. But but they, but okay, they don't well, have. That an kind of answers my. Yeah. Question. Exactly.
1: Yeah. yeah, that answers my question on how they're they're supporting yeah. the the structure.
2: Exactly. Okay. So
1: let's let's um, talk about your your book, The Impact of the Human Stress Response, which is the biological origins and the solutions to human stress. Um, let's talk about the five major causes.
2: Okay, the five major causes of stress. Um, that um, present in modern society um, are as follows. Um, the first one, and this is something that probably a lot of your listeners can relate to um, directly, is um, is the overtaxation of our working memory slash executive function. And specifically, when I say that, um, what I'm talking about is the functioning of our frontal lobes, um, and that is the uh, part of our a very, very new, evolutionarily speaking, new part of our brain behind our forehead and our eyeballs. And, and what that does, um, that allows us to, um, you know, be rational, uh, be able to uh, think forward solutions in the future, and follow up and create solutions. In essence. It is our primary stress response organ as humans. This is what um, separates us from uh, everybody else in the animal kingdom. And this is what has made hmm. us ba- basically king of the planet. It's our ability to um, manipulate the environment. So for instance, if we get cold, if we're an animal, we have you know somewhat limited options. Uh, uh, we can activate our... Um, our fight or flight nervous system to try to generate uh, you know, heat, we can secrete um, a thyroid hormone to try to increase metabolism, to create extra heat, or try to run into a hole, for instance. With as humans, okay, we don't have to change our body, okay? We can change the environment. We can create clothing, we can create fire, we can create housing, for instance. And When we're under extreme stress, um, because stress is supposed to be episodic or periodic. It's not supposed to be constant, like a lot of us are exposed to um, in uh, modernized society. And um, when it becomes chronic, what happens is that um, your brain goes into, or your body goes into energy conservation mode. And since the frontal lobe's not involved with, say, breathing or digestion or heart rate or anything, you know, life-supporting like that, it's one of the first parts of the brain to get shut down during periods of high stress. And when that happens, you lose your ability to solve problems and lessen your stress. And so you become vulnerable to stress. So this is a big one. Um, you have any questions on that one? No, that's a pretty interesting one, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, so, no it's, trying to, it's uh, clarifying sort of this mystical topic.
1: Yeah. So when you're under stress, the um, it basically affects your brain.
2: Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because your your brain is your your primary um, stress response organ. Um, and mm-hmm. yeah, very very interesting. And and this segues into the second one um, is uh, living in in, um, in an unequal society, uh, inequality, social inequality. And um, basically what happens um, is those at the bottom of the total pole, um, because they have, you know, less access to resources, uh, less access to, um, you know, uh, like, say, safe housing, education, health care, um, you know, good working conditions, uh, usually those at the bottom mm-hmm. have the worst
1: working conditions,
2: they have to adopt, their physiology has to adopt a more plastic, elastic stance in order to continuously deal with um, the environment. Now, those at the top have their minions, okay? They can buy their way out of a lot of life stressors. People at the bottom, um, as we know, are very, very vulnerable. And um, especially for men, this I mean, this affects everybody, but men really take the brunt of being at the bottom of the, of the heat. Um, and that's very, very interesting. Very interesting how that dynamic so, works. So and so, then what happens? So then, what happens to them? I well, mean, well we basically, to the, well, well,
1: the brain. So so when they can't, when you can't buy your way out of it, then is that just when your body just starts breaking down and you, you become ill?
2: Exactly. Exactly. This is where. Um, we see the epidemic of especially uh, the rise parabolically in the last 75 years of stress related illness, disability and early death, you know, due directly mm. to preventable stress. Exactly. Yeah. I mm. see why this is so important. Um, and then um, oh, any questions on that?
1: No, that's that's pretty clear, really.
2: Oh great, great, awesome. Um, um and that and, and that kind
1: okay. of set that seg that also segued into the social um equality.
2: Yes, yes. And and then um then exactly, and then this segues also into um um uh, social capital, loss of social capital. Um, and this is a big like what we were talking about earlier, a big difference between like say the Latin American countries and um the, um, like say the the, uh, the you know the, the societies uh, in you know U.S. and Europe and, and other fully modernized um, societies, is um, the the participation in social civic uh, religious groups um, political um, groups has uh, fallen uh, precipitously since the 1850s. And then just the structure of our society, like, for instance, you know, you you go to college and, of course, there's no jobs in, you know, the town you grew up, so you have to, like, move across the state or move across, um, you know, the U.S., you know, the country or another country in order to find work. And just this process um, of breaking down uh, the social and family structure, um, again, um, just like being on the bottom of the heap, when you're not, when you don't have solid social support. Court again, your body uh, um, uh, you know establishes a more plastic stance in order to deal with the barrage of stressors when you 're in a herd when you 're in a group you become um, it's, it acts as a buffer and um, uh, you know allows for a lot of social security and um this has fallen precipitously and this also causes mm. um, uh, explosion of stress-related health um, problems, disabilities. Well, you know, and, um, it,
1: and, and what brings to mind, at least for me, is, you know, I, I'm watching how quickly technology is moving out, particularly in the United States, and I'm sure in, in other areas of the world, uh, and it's displacing a lot of workers. This isn't going to get better. It's going to get much, much worse. Um, and, and I speak for robotics in, in particular because they're, yeah, you know, robots are gonna be taking over so many people's jobs in the uh, service industry, the manufacturing industry, probably the medical industry. It's gonna hit
2: every right.
1: sector. Every sector. So that's right. The job market the job market is isn't getting better, folks. It's gonna get much, much worse. So so as a society we need to start addressing those issues now before we're actually in it and we have huge sectors of the population that have no work or any oh yeah, means yeah yeah of, of, yes. of any yes. any kind of of fina- you know the, you're, they're they're going to lose their financial means their social structures their family structures i mean it's going it could really be kind of catastrophic in another 20 30 oh, oh, years oh
2: yes. Oh, oh! It's catastrophic right now. I've, I've looked. I've actually done a n- bunch of research into this. Uh, have you? And yes, yes. Um, because yes, it. Uh, uh and what do you have to say like, about it? Well, well, what I have to. I mean, and I've read about you know various you know again thought leaders uh, in this you know how to address this, and be and, and you know what it is. It's 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 basically a, a problem of excessive affluence, um, because this technology only came online in the last 50 years, and, and things becoming automated and, you know, and, and not requiring the human touch so much. Um, this is actually a problem of excessive affluence. Well, well, what, what will happen, um, I mean, again, looking at this from an anthropological, sociological aspect, is that um, uh, there's going to have to be a, a way um to somehow establish some sort of universal uh, income. Now it could be income that could be tied to social service, so like having, like you know, again, um, kind of like a, a you know domestic service, uh, you know, type of um, program. Um, you know, or something like that, um, because there's literally no other um, way, and again, um, when we see in social inequality what happens in history over and over and over when you have a bunch of human beings very insecure, not able to provide for themselves, They've mm-hmm. lost the art of growing their own food or, you know, you know, do, doing the things that a lot of people in developing countries do for themselves. They become vulnerable, and that's when revolutions happen. I mean, over and over and over in history. And so basically through probably some sort of revolution of very uh, frustrated, disenfranchised people, you're going to get some sort of um, – basic income, um, the elites are going to have to give up um, their incredible, some, some of their incredible wealth in order not to have perpetual revolution, which of course makes the um, the base for, you know, being the fat cat at the top, very unstable. So if you've got people that are constantly uh-huh. in revolution, that's not a fun place to be at the top of the heat. In fact, you experience more stress than the underlings at that point. So yeah, the elites do mm. not want mm. <laughs> revolution. Um, and that's that's probably how it's ultimately going to pan out. It's probably going to be very traumatic during the process of um, recalibrating. Oh, oh
1: yeah. yeah, it's yeah. not going to be. Yeah, yeah, because because the elite at the top are not going to voluntarily give up their wealth. There's no way. No, no. And but, it's,
2: again, it's becoming- this is a, the power when you have millions of people, uh, you know, you know in revolution i mean and again i see this here in ecuador because they've got the art of protesting really and civil disobedience down really really good and this is how they've been able to secure just these real basic things the real basic things when people don't have to worry about being hungry or being living on the streets or whatever then you don't have to worry about them storming you know like say the white house or whatever you know these things happen mm-hmm. it's over and over It's, it's you know, it's part of human condition. Hmm. Um,
1: what What do you mean when you you talk about the depletion of the human biome? Is it a biome? Biome.
2: Biome. Bi- biome. Biome. This is number four. What this is is um, the the microorganisms that have co-evolved with us inside our guts on our skin and in our orifices uh, over millions oh, of years okay what they okay. do what they do is they act as auxiliary um physiological functions so they're functional extensions of ourselves and so when um we deplete that which is very common um, in our society or or you know, have it deranged where the populations are out of kilter, then we, let's like say we lose our ability to synthesize vitamins. We, um, certain vitamins, we lose our ability, um, you know, for certain types of immune and endocrine signaling and cellular growth, uh, signaling of cellular growth. Um, so our bodies are not just our native cells. Being human, uh, involves having many hundreds of billions of microorganisms that we help them live, but they um, help us uh, function physiologically. And so when we lose that, we fall into a very potent stress response. You know, our bodies are trying to keep everything uh, in equilibrium and keeping us disease free. And so we uh, experience a tremendous amount of stress and then of course stress-related diseases from that. Have you, um,
1: in your research, have you found how to remedy that? obviously less stress, but uh, is, there, is there anything biologically that you can do?
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, uh, you've got to watch what you eat. I mean, the, um, you know, the, the highly processed diet um, for which uh, a lot of folks um, in modernized societies have just totally screw this up. I mean, it's because we're introducing native, uh, or we're introducing chemicals that maybe didn't even exist 20, 50, 100 years ago. And what that does, that just mm-hmm. throws everything off. It it uh, puts our digestive and metabolic um, uh, systems into a high state of stress in order to deal with these non-native um, molecules. And so, yeah, yeah, I mean, and that's part of, I mean, there's a, a number of things. The antibiotics, um, overuse, of course, uh, is a big thing. Uh-huh. There, there's a number of things. But yeah, um, especially with the diet, really... Cutting out the um, processed everything will probably make a big difference rather quickly. Okay,
1: interesting. <laughs> and that kind of and that kind of goes with the
2: chemical stress, uh, voluntary uh, Exactly. 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 And that includes pollution um, with chemical stress, uh, pollution in the uh, earth, uh, um, Mm. air, and uh, water, and that uh, also results. That's a very difficult.
1: It's um, it it's out of uh, most people's hands, unfortunately. You know, the pollution in the air and in the water, et cetera. I mean, you can do the best you can to filter the water that you drink, but the air is a whole
2: different story.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, oh,
2: absolutely. Absolutely. But but what this does is it gives vocabulary to people um, that maybe they didn't Mm -hmm. have before, um, so again, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, a lot of these you could do yourself, but then a lot of these are fodder for um, activism of some sort. Um, but you know, it, it's not just this unorganized um, uh, approach to activism. It's like, okay, well, these are actual risk assessments, and you know, we don't feel um, like we, you know, need to be um, exposed to agents um, that will stress our bodies to the extent that will kill us. You know, I mean, that's a fair you know thing, but you can see where some of these can be done on the personal level, on the community, and others on the community level. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's it's complex.
1: These are very complex. Absolutely.
2: Subject. Oh yes, and this and this is why I don't think anybody else was foolish enough <laughs> to to take this on because this was um. Um, a very, uh, oh, very challenging, very, but I I tell you what, um, I I believe that, um, I I think, I think our culture really, really needs this information. Um, I think it needs to kind of turn the corner and uh, understand um, paradigm shifts and understand risks, you know, like we do, like when we smoke or when we wear, or we don't wear a helmet, or we do wear our seatbelt. That type of risk assessment, and and that's what I want. I just wanted to bring vocabulary to the common man, how this uh, mechanism works. You know, and
1: you've done a really good job of that. Thank. You. Like I said it's um it's so incredibly complex, and you know I've had shows on you know stress management, but we've never really got into the, the scientific aspects of it. Um, you know everybody knows the word everybody knows how they feel when they're stressed Um, you know there's there's always talk of well go exercise go do meditation go do something fun (laughs) you know
2: all those sorts of it's real scattered it's it's some of them are effective for some people and it's very scattered and basically okay there's some real actionable ways uh, folks can manage stress. Well, number one, now, now that you understand these five categories of stress, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. I, I set up a, a framework, a, a, a simple framework in my book where um, what you could do, you assess these five categories, and simply what you do is you list every single one. You, you make an inventory like you would like a food diary or a, a budget, um, you know, uh, if you know, you're trying to get your spending under control. You have to identify, and in a way, that's a form of mindfulness meditation because, you know, it's bringing your attention to what reality is.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And then what you could do, um, you know, and you can, of course, do this by yourself or with the help of a therapist or support group or friends or family or anything, anybody like that. But What you can do is you can list every single one and then you can eliminate. Those that you can change, you can eliminate. And now that you understand what stress actually is, and you understand that if you don't do this, you know your family, like say if you don't stop smoking, your family could lose a breadwinner, you know, and you could, you know, it could be mm-hmm. very deleterious. Mm-hmm. And, and so, so you know, people can can. You know, and another thing that they can um, that they need to keep in mind and in internalize is that stress is additive. That you do don't, you don't want to just pile. Now that you can define what it is. You don't want to just pile one stress on top of another. And it's also supposed to be episodic in in that it's not supposed to be constant. We're not built for just continuous um, uh, deployment of our stress mechanisms. These mechanisms fatigue, and when they fatigue, this is when we get uh, um, diseased tissue. So, yeah, just these real basic, basic, just going back to just doing an assessment of one's life, basically, that's, that's the only way to do it. There's not a pill, um, you know, that will fix this. It's just the assessment and then making the incremental corrections uh, over time.
1: Well, and, and, you know, even in these assessments, some, some of the, the things that somebody might list could be major life-changing events.
2: Oh, exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely, which but caused it is stress. Um, which cause stress. Yeah. <laughs> I it mean, is. let's
1: just say, for instance, you're living in a neighborhood that, and the only reason you're there is because you can't afford to move out of it. Right. And it's just very stressful for you. You're not happy there. There's, you know, the environment isn't isn't what you want to be in. Um, but the only way you can move out is to improve your financial, or find somebody in another city. That maybe you could go move in with so that's not that's not something that's going to happen overnight and it may not happen at all so how does somebody deal with that
2: well okay so this is a stressor that right now you cannot change so what you have to do because you you have to keep in mind that stress is additive you have to eliminate stressors from other parts of your life for which you have control so like okay you live in a horrible neighborhood um, okay well then uh, you know a, a very well, the most potent stressor for us humans is the you know relational stress st- social stress stress between people. well, you know it could help uh, to like say simplify um, the amount of toxic relationships you have because that's that's what's really gonna gonna dig at a lot of people it's gonna be just the nagging um, problems of dysfunction mm. um. Um, or, or, and again, you know, you, you treat yourself when you're, when you're having to undergo, uh, undergo a heavy stressor, you, you pamper yourself like you would, a, a, a racehorse or like an elite mm-hmm. athlete training for the Olympics. You, you really, you do, you have to, okay, you're going to have this one stressor. Well, then you have to, um, you know, make sure, you know, you, you care for your body, your nutrition, um, your social relationships. Um, you know, you, you try to strengthen the other parts that you can because if you just let the rest of your life spin out of control, um, then it, it's just going to be a recipe for early death. Mm hmm. That's good advice. Well, there's no other, Take there's no all the other option. Yeah. 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 It's no other Take option. Take a the bad.
1: Mm hmm. Well. Interesting. <laughs> heavy. Is there yeah, heavy, heavy there. <laughs> is there um Is there any other part of your research that you want to share with our listeners?
2: Well, um let me see what else. Um, and well, while she's thinking well, okay. about that, listeners, we're talking with with Dr.
1: Mary Wingo if you've just tuned in. And um, she's the author of the book called The Impact of the Human Stress Response.
2: Say, Oh, thank you. Thank you very much for plugging my book. Well, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Okay, let, let's go over the financial aspects of it because this is what really, um, like, floors a lot of people. Um, stress, you know, and, and these are back-of-the-envelope calculations. Um, again, uh, it's if a, if a true... A bean counter wanted to go through and do a meta analysis and they would probably find the numbers to be much higher, much greater, but we're looking at somewhere around minimum of 10% of our gross, um, gross output in, you know, world output. Okay. is consumed or sunk costs consumed with dealing with preventable stress. And that's a minimum. It's probably, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if it was more like 15%. Well, so if the uh, if stress, uh, so, you know, if uh, the, you know, gross world up, it's about 70 trillion a year. We're looking at losses at around minimum 7 trillion a year worldwide. So you can see where this puts a tremendous strain on healthcare systems, on businesses with workplace stress, on governments. Um, I mean, this is a very, a very um, expensive issue. And it really wasn't much of an issue until we became as modernized as we have. Mm-hmm. But that's not going to go away. No, but then again, there are a lot of things that um, people can do um, to mitigate and uh, attenuate um, their stresses. And it's very, very important. Um, to get a handle on these, um, you know, because um, Mm -hmm. um, a lot of us, a big portion of our society is is sick and disabled. And this does not bode well, just like automation (laughs) for the future. And because stress also affects fertility as well as social stress affecting, you know, if you're not confident that you can get married and have a kid and support it, you know, um, but it also indirectly oh also biologically affects facilities. So we're not having the kids either. Um, so we're sick and we're not um, producing enough for the next generation. And you know, that's the only true. way out of this yeah, yeah. It, yeah. The only way out of this, um, is to find ways to control our stress. There's no other way. Mhm. Mhm. And that really is a, a an individual's responsibility it is it does move up the chain um to uh community and um state level um because the environment does affect the you know it's not just the person' you know it's total responsibility because you do have the environment i mean if you're if you're in a a toxic environment for whatever reason um you know and, and many times um that is under the control of a community or, or state level. Um, again, this is where activism um, becomes very important. hmm hmm Interesting, really interesting. Well,
1: my gosh, our interview went by quickly. We only have a couple of minutes left. <laughs> um, I know, I know. It's really
2: been informative. I know I've learned a lot.
1: I'm sure our listeners Oh, have yeah.
2: Too. I, I, I hope so. I hope so. And, and it's okay. May I, may I plug my website?
1: Oh, that's what I want you to do. I want you to let the listeners know um, how they can
2: purchase your book and your website, et cetera. Thank you so much, Denise. Okay. Well, your listeners can go to my website, marywingo.com, and they can get a, a just a, a treasure trove of, of information of uh, educational videos of of um, of other um, uh, interviews a lot like ours, maybe different many different angles uh, uh, that's uh, been covered and they can also pick up a copy of my book um, and this book is priced reasonably so that just about almost everybody in the world can afford it and, you know they can afford to get oh, their good. On it good and they can yeah and then they can also I'm also available on a very limited basis for uh, uh, coaching business consulting because uh, workplace stress is one of the, the biggest um, mm-hmm. sunk costs in a, uh, that a business or institution has, and also for mm-hmm. a workshop. So um, um, you're, you know, they can feel free to drop me a line if they need any help in those arenas as well.
1: Well, great. Well, thank you again. Um, I wish you well I'm sure you'll continue your research this was probably just the beginning (laughs) because of the way our societies evolve our governments and our countries etc that's right and um, thanks so much for being with us
2: thank you and if you've got another angle you would like to uh, cover with your listeners just um, just let me know and uh, we'll do another show Oh, great. I would really look forward to that. All right. Thanks again. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you very much, Denise. Have a good evening.
1: All right, listeners, that wraps up our show for today. Uh, We'll have another great show for you next Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, which is also 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So until then, be well. Bye-bye.
0: We celebrate our listeners worldwide and invite you to contact Denise at www.healthmedianow.com with any questions you may have. And follow her on Twitter at Health Media now and Facebook at Health Media Now. For those interested in an advertising campaign on her show, contact Lisa at knowledgeworkspub.com. Be sure to visit Got Cancer? Now What? Dot com for information on Denise Messenger's award winning book, Got Cancer Now What?